You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadell and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Each week, Chris and Mario welcome current NFL stars and discuss the biggest news from around the football world. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Underdog NFL Show. Chris Forwardell joined by Mario Hines. Mario, my friend, are you ready to make some picks? Let's make some picks. I am running high on a perfect record from last week, and dare I say, I will do it again. I saw you tweet that out. I'm going to ask a question because I honestly don't know the answer. Is it true? <laughs> That's always reasonable. No, I actually followed up. Oh uh, shit! I'm doing a count this year. I'm doing a count this year, and I followed up, and I'm like, it felt like not, <laughs> which is the reason why I counted the way the games went and how just sunken I was at the mm-hmm. the Lions loss. But I'm like, well, okay, um, it didn't happen the way I said a lot of them happened, but the 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 result was there. Do you have the actual count right now? I would love to get this every week. That'd be fascinating. Oh, I'm gonna. I, I didn't go back to do week one, um, so I'm gonna do week one, and then we'll be caught up. And yeah, we'll we'll have a tally. Starting, All right. Yeah, starting I'm, I'm excited. We'll check back in next week for that. Mm-hmm. I guess you can, no need to even listen to the rest of this. Although I, you could get rich listening to the rest of this because Mario is a millionaire maker. That is now firmly established. Let's start Thursday night. I'm, I'm bizarrely fascinated by this game. The Miami Dolphins head to Jacksonville to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I've got the lines at Bovada Sportsbook here, and Bovada has the Jaguars minus three. Yeah, and it's my turn as well as Bavada's turn to be on board. Now we are raising their hands our hands to say uh the Jaguars one are the better team in this contest. Mm. Uh and what's strange is that they're not the better team by far and this is not to say that both teams are very bad. Like this is actually like you said could be, you know, semi quality football to watch. There are players to point out um and and you can see some some high level plays. So I'm definitely mm. going to go Jaguars here who who to me seem a, a bit more uh, better than a uh, three-point um, favorite. Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm, I'm definitely gonna go Jaguars here because they're always what it's looking like based on their quarterback in this Minshew mania that I'm eating crow, fried crow on <laughs> is that uh, he can make up uh, two or three plays a game that you know make the turn the turn the tie of the game, and I don't think the Dolphins can keep up with that. So give me the chance. And he's going to be up for this game because he's been having this big Twitter beef with Ryan Fitzpatrick all week about what's better, beard or mustache. So, man, these are high stakes in Jacksonville. <laughs> Absolutely. And the polling on that, I wonder. But to be side, in this day and age, to be on the side of mustache only, again, Minshew going against the grain here. So, I mean, that is pretty much his M.O. is going against the grain. I've read a really interesting thing about, speaking of the Dolphins, that, you know, there's been a lot of clamoring for Tua, even after that first game, the ja- the um, the Dolphins had to come out and say, look, Fitzpatrick is our quarterback. Stop <laughs> asking. Always a good sign, by the way. Tua has not been tackled since the injury in college. He has not been hit since then. Yeah, wow, what a test it's going to be once he gets out. I have an inkling, just the way things are going, that he's once once they, they let that go or serendipitously for him, from his angle, it happens. He's going to look pretty good. I really have a feeling he's going to look pretty, not sharp in the sense of a world beater, but he's going to be an exciting young player. You're going to get why he was so highly yeah. touted. Yeah. And, you know, He was every bit on par uh, with a poten- as being a potential number one pick with, uh, with Joe Burrow last year before the injury. So 
you know, if that guy that guy's really talented, he gets the game, he understands the game at a level that just uh, is so far above and beyond his age. He's going to be fun to watch, but the not getting hit thing, that tells me that they're not even close to considering turning this team over to Tua yet. Yeah, and you got it. You've got to you've got to be smart about it, right? You, you shouldn't. And the way things are looking, as far as guys going down, um, mm-hmm. and the physicality and getting adjusted to to what you can do, uh, your body can do week in and week out. It's very very wise that they can try to simulate something uh, as much as they can and make sure he's 130 percent healthy before he even you know takes close to a snap. Yeah, I can't imagine being in a situation mentally where the first hit you're going to take in about a year is in the midst of your first NFL start. Yeah, I'm sure he didn't fathom that one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's move on. The Chicago Bears head to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. Bavada has the Falcons minus three and a half. I don't really care about any of that. I want to talk about what the hell happened with this Falcons team last week because I am still furious about it to this moment. I had a long argument with Michael Irvin about how stupid this was. By the way, that's such a cool goddamn sentence to say. I'm just going to put that that out there. Uh, that like this is crazy. I don't understand what the Falcons were thinking. I also don't understand how the Falcons let Dan Quinn and their special teams coach get back on the plane and continue to be part of the organization <laughs> after the game. This okay, yeah, like I, I understand like we don't get we don't get onside kicks that much anymore, and we especially don't get that kind of onside kick because it wasn't your typical like bouncing ball. It was kind of just mm-hmm. like a slow rolling dribbler. But three, four, maybe I guess it can't be more than four with the new rules. Four different Falcons watched a football rolling slowly in front of them, and they thought, no, I don't think I need to pick that up. Let's see what happens if we let it go. Maybe it won't go 10 yards. Why didn't they end the game? Just fall on the ball, cradle the ball, and end the game. Preparation is key, but dare I say, you should not be prepared. You should not have to be overly prepared to understand that see ball, get ball at any point (laughs) while you're playing the game. Now, this Falcons team is, you know, between between the, the the eyes, probably one of the worst team Falcons teams we've seen in a long time, uh, and and they're going to continue to do this thing where physically they can run with anyone, and they're going to shrink, shrink, shrink in the in the key moments, mm-hmm. almost one hundred percent of the time, which makes it very hard to call this game because the Bears are kind of like that. Two and Mitch. Two and Mitch. The second win. Oh my gosh! I mean, get out by the skin of your teeth against a team that has no one yeah. uh, that you can name. And so, they're the NFC North version of the Falcons, um, which automatically makes them better than the Falcons. So, so mm-hmm. I think the Bears win just because they're able to make uh, less stupid, world-beating mistakes. Uh, to win a game, the home field obviously not mattering here. Give me the Bears uh, to go three and zero and 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 almost solidifying themselves as as uh, starting to be look look ahead to one of the top teams in the NFC. By the way, how crazy is it that you just said a team led by Mitch Trubisky uh, would be the team less likely to make the boneheaded uh, plays? Uh, it's it's such it's like wizardry yeah, how some of these things come about. I just can't. But I, I've never seen anything like that in a football game before. Like, it, it's just, it's mind-boggling. I guess my own, and I haven't seen the, the rationale from the Falcons come out, but my only guess is that they thought 
they had to wait 10 yards before they could you touch the ball, give, too. That is the grace that I can't let you give them, Chris. I can't let you give them that I'm not, grace. I'm not, I'm not making excuses for them. I'm saying this is this has to be the only rational reason why they didn't why they did something so incredibly stupid. It's the dumbest thing I've seen on a football field in a very long time, and I've watched Browns games for six years now. <laughs> you, It's so dumb. You'd have to fire the person that typed the, the letter for the coach to say to say that at the press conference. That's right. how dumb that is. Like, how how is that special teams coach? I don't know who he is. I'm glad I don't know who he is. I, and I sh- no one should ever know who he is. How does he <laughs> still have a job? How does Dan Quinn still have a job? Dan Quinn is on that list. You know, you would have to think the coach is most likely to be fired this season. Like, that that starts with Adam Gase because he's just, you know, he's the leader in that clubhouse and maybe the only clubhouse. Matt Patricia is probably on that list, I would think. Yep. Dan Quinn's got to be really high on that list. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I guess I. Uh, that's probably it. Like, I, the Chargers are playing okay, so that probably saves Anthony Lynn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those would be the three that whose whose names are hot for sure. Like Matt Rule's not going to get fired in his first year in Carolina. Um, who else stinks? <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, the Vikings they, are probably pretty set and in, in, in looking optimistic. Joe Judge isn't going to get fired in his yeah. first year in New York. Yeah, yeah the Mike Zimmer's not going to get fired because of what he's done in the past. Right. Although you know, who knows how much you know. Speaking positively about that Cleveland team, who knows how much of that was, you know, Kevin Stefanski was responsible for. Yeah. They yeah. they look organized, and this Vikings team does not. So, yeah. I don't know. But the uh, moving on. Oh, God. And this is what we <laughs> move on to. The Cincinnati Bengals come to Philadelphia. Bavada has the Eagles minus five. Eagles are going to lose. Spoiler. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, not because you, you guys have looked bad. The Eagles have looked bad. It's that the pieces aren't being picked up, and I'm not really confident that the pieces are being picked up to this point where you're talking about a Bengals team who have two losses but are optimistic still. Yeah. Burrow looks good. Are fired up, and, and Burrow being put to putting put in a position to, to to break rookie records, you know, neutral ones I'd say, you know, but he's making them look positive. I think he gets his first win in Week Three, which is huge in the grand scheme. If you just peel it back to say Joe Burrow. First round draft pick, Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals looked abysmal. They get their first win in Week Three against the Eagles. Yeah. is a is a huge testament to what what he can do and 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 you know by proxy what's going on in that organization. So I'm actually gonna take the Bengals here just based on how they've looked against what we expect to be a, a decent Browns team or at least a team that if you beat them you're gonna have to beat them. Um and and uh, in the Week One close game that they they yeah. played as well. So. Yeah. Uh, real. This is a real fork in the road for the Eagles. Obviously, uh, if losing to an zero and two team to to knock your record to zero and three, like it's it's just that's it. You know, that's pretty much that's the season. Let's figure out what we're doing next, and let's start to make moves. You know, those those trades that I alluded to on the show la- uh, earlier in the week. You have to start considering them now. You know, whether I talked about the Colts having a ton of cap room. I could very easily see, you know, I don't know that Bavada has lines on this, but if there were lines for the next teams that Zach Ertz and Fletcher Cox are going to be playing for, I would say the Colts would have to be the, the odds zone favorite in both of those situations. And the, you know, the Colts, by the way, could put Fletcher Cox next to uh, the, the 49er, the Forrest Buckner. That would look mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. good in the middle of the great. defense. Yeah. 
Uh, and Zach Ertz gives, you know, Phil <laughs> gives Phil Rivers a safety valve in the middle of the field. Phil's that's a problem all in its own right, but I'm not happy. But this is <laughs> this is going to be the game that defines the season for the Eagles, and I just don't have confidence in it. So, moving on, the uh, the Houston Texans travel to Pittsburgh to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bavada has the Steelers minus four. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough one to call because the 0-2 Texans. Again, one of those things where you could be, I mean, I didn't expect them to beat the Chiefs, but they could be one and one in a respectable one and one, and they're not. Mm. Um, and, and again, another, I think, crossroads game, whereas the Steelers are just consistently being themselves and they're getting yeah. W's. And right now, the way the league is is, is falling, falling, they're built to be a pretty good team. And the way they're playing football, they're built to be a pretty good team with that, that, that youth everywhere outside of the quarterback position. Um, so give me another wake up call for the Houston Texans as the Steelers cruise to three and zero, and the Texans again are wondering what they need to do, even though they keep doing the one thing that they shouldn't do, which is not bringing quality runners and eliminating <laughs> quality pass catchers. Yeah, I don't know if it's uh, still knocking off rust from that elbow injury, but Roethlisberger's arm strength looks fairly abysmal. Uh, through the first couple of weeks of the season, he doesn't doesn't look like he's confident in just letting it go downfield. But the, what I will say, Pittsburgh does so well is identify mid round receivers and turn them into borderline or actual superstars. And we're we're seeing that again through two weeks with Deontay Johnson. Now he looks like the team's best receiver in a group with James Washington and Juju Smith Schuster. Exactly. What what, what the consistent <laughs> thing is is that they're finding. You know, very, very hard to to cover guys in the slot, um, in 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 the middle of the field, or or, or not deep, um, but not short, and allowing them to be placed in in a position around two established guys, and that scheme goes to work, and Big Ben is willing to make the throw to to the rookie or to the young guy, and they're they're accomplishing it, and it's really hard to defend in the grand scheme, and that's what they their, their mo has been, and now Johnson's the next guy to say, oh, I can fill that void, and now he's looking like he the the confidence is is coming from within, and who knows where that's gonna go. Yeah, he's a uh, Rod Tidwell in uh, in Jerry <laughs> Maguire. You have to give that show that guy the money real soon. Yeah. But man, it's it's amazing they just keep doing this. Why would you ever pay a receiver if you were Pittsburgh? Because you know you can just draft one in the fourth round and he's going to catch 110 passes. <laughs> we'll find another. Don't. Worry. Yeah, exactly. It's just I I dare you to ask us for money. Good luck. <laughs> well, he, I didn't think I'd be saying this after two weeks, but the two and zero. Las Vegas Raiders head to New England to take on the one and one New England Patriots. Bavada has the Patriots minus six. Yeah, welcome to you know top level football, Las Vegas. This is where you you know realize that the line is a little longer for entry, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and but to no far. I mean, I don't know what John Gruden's doing. I don't know if it's the the move to Las Vegas and guys are feeling better. I don't know what it is, but um, kudos to how they look so far. The Patriots. I mean. They lost to probably the best team in the NFC mm-hmm. last week, and they look great. And Cam and could have won. And could have won. I mean, this team is also looking like they're neck and neck with with KC. So give me uh, New England here to win in a pretty controlled uh, ball game. I think uh, Patriots control this one from start to finish and win this. Yeah, Cam looked pretty great last week uh, going up against that really good Seattle defense, even though they lost Bruce Irvin and uh, Marquise Blair. What did you think of the play call at the end of the game? Uh, I think I think it's is something you 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 have to be okay with. You have to yeah. 
Yeah, it, you you can't you can't second guess um, putting the ball in that, in, in, in that scenario and. It's a, want, it's, it's a flip of the at the end of the day like that's what you you you've you set yourself up to make the 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 call to do. Okay, I w- I want your take on this as a guy who has played a lot of football because <laughs> we see something that perplexes me and I I just don't quite understand it. Maybe you can explain it to me. Mm. When we're in when we're in goal line or tight situations and it's it's going to be a run. Why so often are we in big personnel where I understand getting as many guys up to the line of scrimmage as you can, get blockers and get hats on heads, but it also lets the defense shrink into a very specific area and play eight, nine in the box. If you're going to run that, if you're going to, you know, you're running that, like, why are we not, you know, two guys spread out with a guy in the slot, tight end off the line on the other side? And, you know, let's, let's make this five on six and give Cam a chance to beat one guy for a score. Here's it's it's one of the the most old school reasons that some of the younger coaches I've seen in, in college and in, in, in a bit of sprinkling in the league, but so far hasn't. It's really ball security. It's the most old school, you know, reasoning. And and, and we've we've as players we've questioned it a lot. Like goal line doesn't mean automatic big, um, right? But it's it's the ability to one exchange, one quick exchange, uh, and 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 there's no there's not a lot of room for. Uh, one man um, to 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 not do his job and, and create ball ball loss and, and, and lose yeah. the ball. Um, you really want two really two on one um, uh, O lineman shading at any point, and that's really to protect uh, the the ball exchange and the goal line. It's really strange because if it was I, and we I've seen a lot of high schools, especially in Michigan uh, and New England, doing it is is is, is continuing their spread, mm-hmm. and then just mo- just. Have you have two motions? Bring bring two motions down. You have two options to to create a crack block or or, or a wedge block, uh, and it's the same it's the same numbers game from there. Um, right. And and now you give yourself option and space. But I, it's just the fear of, of turnovers. What I've heard, um, you know, for most of my career from from the highest level. And bringing the motion option is an interesting one too, because that also gives an opportunity to create confusion on the defense rather than just having guys line up and you know, okay. That's my responsibility, right there. Nothing is changing. Yeah, I think there's that. There's still that thing where you go into the film room and you say, "We knew what they were gonna. They knew what we were gonna do. We knew what they were gonna do, and we have to beat them." Um, yeah. Mentality that still, you know, rings rings very loud. That's fair. I guess this is the old uh, the old adage of if you can't get that one yard on a given play, you don't deserve to win. And the Patriots didn't, and they didn't. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, like with, with a guy like Belichick, you put yourself in position to to make that call and and. I don't, from his perspective, I don't actually see it as conservative as much as I see it as doing what you you think is the right call. I also like the idea that they're potentially beating the uh, the Seahawks on a logical run play <laughs> at the goal line when the Seahawks, you know, obviously that didn't fare as well for them. Yeah. But now, I mean, I guess in the grand scheme of things, the the Patriots would trade this loss for the Super Bowl win that they got. Right. But uh, but it it probably doesn't sting any less because of it. Me as was, a Lions fan, sorry to interrupt. Me as a no. Lions fan, um, actually would that what I hear is that that is what boosted Matt Patricia's hype is that one play. So I actually would trade that, <laughs> that Super Bowl for not hiring Matt Patricia. Patriots fans, just to let you know. Oh well, how's Jamie Collins working out? <laughs> he's oh, he's such a, a players 
players coach, man. My so, God. I mean, like that play. that was the least surprising thing that Jamie Collins would leave New England for a big contract and then suck. Yeah. Yeah. We saw that coming. Yeah, just just shocking. I, I don't know, but good for him. He's yeah. uh, him and his family are secure financially, and the 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 Detroit defense is not secure by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> right. The Los Angeles Rams head to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills. This is a good game. Mm-hmm. Bavada has the Bills minus two at home. Okay, so my last week my gripe with the Bills. Guess what they came out and did? They solved it. You know, they, they they build more identity on offense. They are really mm-hmm. going to put the ball in, in, into Josh Allen's hands. And they're okay with the occasional what-are-you-doing-Josh moment that actually uh, comes with the territory of, of having a quarterback with this style. So right. it's not one of those things I have a gripe about. Just want to put that out there. Um, and now what you get is two um, teams that actually are pretty – good matchups for one mm-hmm. another you know what i mean i think you have the quarterback that can do the one extra thing to maybe uh squeeze some time out um has playmakers to to put pressure on the the edges of that that rams defense and then on the other end in los angeles um will be trying to get vertical um against a, a secondary that really likes to wait for guys to to take the shot and and, and get a turnover it's going to be a really interesting game to see whose you know strengths went out um and right now, I think if I'm if I'm choosing anything, I'm leaning towards the Bills uh, just because of that that L.A. travel. Yeah, if we're going, oh my God, the travel in L.A. They showed that stat uh, during the Eagles game this past weekend. Oh my, that's like nineteen thousand miles in the first five <laughs> weeks or something. Just something just utterly insane. Yeah, I can't believe I'm going to say this, uh, especially given what my feelings about this gentleman were during the 2018 draft, but. Josh Allen looks like a sneaky MVP pick right now. Wow, you've got a, I can't even push back on that based on your other, you know, semi uh, MVP creeper candidate that we'll talk about later. But um, I, I'd have to say I'm not there yet, but it, it, it's worth. It's I'm worth saying right now, right now, a lot of time for stuff to go wrong. But through two, and especially if he beats this two and zero Rams team, it's worth a mention. The way he's looked, it's worth a mention. Goff also has looked like really, really good. I'm. Uh, yeah, he's he's taken a leap this year where it seems like he understands the game better than he ever has before. He's one of only two quarterbacks in the NFL to have not made a turnover worthy throw uh, through mm. two weeks per PFF. The other being Green Bay's Aaron Rodgers. So, wow, good fun, call. fun game. This is gonna be such a this is such a fun week of football, man. The Thursday night game is sneaky fun with Garner Minshew against the against the Titans. We have the SEC back on Saturday. We have real, actual, good college football games on Saturday. <laughs> Sunday is an awesome slate of NFL games. And then the Monday night game, which we'll talk about in a little while, you know, looks like the game of the year on paper right now. Yeah. So, my goodness. Uh, good times. The uh, Not so much in this, this situation. The San Francisco 49ers head back right. to New York to take on the New York football Giants. And Bavada has the Giants plus four. Yeah, what a shipwreck of a game this is going to yeah. be. Not worth watching. You hope whatever team gets out gets out healthy. Uh, yeah. And it's really weird for me to say that all things considered, the Giants look like the more stable team um, and, and should get the win here. I don't think 49ers are ready to turn around a win with the personnel they have, and uh, they'll, they'll have to take this hiccup in stride, giving the Giants here. Yeah, I haven't seen the injury report, but if you're the 49ers, like I don't even consider bringing Kittle or somebody like that like that back this week. He take the week, get healthy. I need your ACLs intact for week four. Right, 
Right. There's no if there's any fringe guys that need the rest, they're taking the rest. Uh, earlier, I think I, I think I said that the uh, the Jaguars play the Titans. Of course, the uh, the Jaguars play the Dolphins. The Titans in this case head to Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Vikings, and Bovada has the Vikings plus two and a half. Yeah, so now this game is actually pretty equal, but not mm-hmm. in the sense that you would think from last year's results. Both of these teams right. are not that great. Um, and the Vikings, this is their last chance to figure out how to get the run game going before the game is over. Right. Um, and, and, and now's the time. I mean, this is not the defense that you want to go against to do that. But I think uh, the Tennessee Titans and their, their woeful um, offensive strategy uh, will we'll meet his match uh, this week and the Vikings finally get on in the win column. Give me the Vikings here. The Washington football team heads to First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, Ohio to take on the Cleveland Browns. Bavada has the Browns minus seven. Yeah, another surprising matchup where two teams by name, you, you, you might skip this, this game, but you should actually mm-hmm. keep an eye out because both of these teams could end up playing uh, some quality football. I think what's happening is that the Washington football team is also leveling out, whereas the Browns are probably pretty excited about what they found out um, yeah. and that they're looking sharper, like you said earlier in the show, more organized, um, and that's going to go a long way with the talent that they already have. The talent is not disappearing. Um, so give me the Browns here and that line, actually. Well, what's really interesting is the Browns' offense looks exactly like the, what the Vikings wanted their offense to yes. look like, only they haven't been able to actually do it. It's... Stefanski called a very close to perfect game in my mind last week. He, you know, he put the ball in Baker's hands early, gave him manageable throws. They had the deep ball to Odell, which was just like it. They felt this like this collective monkey off the back of that entire offense that we've been waiting for. And then in the second half, it's just like, okay, we have Nick Chubb, we have Kareem Hunt, try and stop them, and yeah. uh, they could not. There it is. Great formula for success that we all thought <laughs> could be, you know actualized and, and, and there it was the Carolina Panthers head to Los Angeles okay I'm excited about this to talk about take on the Los Angeles Chargers Bavada has the Chargers minus six and a half let's talk about that and then let's talk about what the hell's going on in LA <laughs> yeah so first I mean with the Panthers woes their best player out their best offensive weapon out uh, I think they're they're really just Seeing what they can put together, it's it's it might be a white flag season for them. Not to say that they won't compete, but it's just mm-hmm. not the year for them. Um, and, and L.A. wants to win. Uh, Justin Herbert in his debut <laughs> looked pretty good, but Justin Herbert starting was full of <laughs> full of controversy and surprisingly, well, not controversy, just not unsurety now, uh, before and now controversy um, with him being the starter moving forward. Uh, I think he actually. Um, continues the trend and starts off 2-0, and which will be an interesting stat for later in his career, I think. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the Justin Herbert situation is crazy. He looked great against uh, against a good Chiefs team. I will say probably had a little advantage in that he was a basically a, a last-second start mm-hmm. after what happened to Tyrod Ty- uh, happened, and the Chiefs didn't have the opportunity to game plan for Herbert, who was a very different quarterback than Tyrod Taylor, but let's talk about what happened to Tyrod Taylor. Taylor accidentally had his lung punctured by the Chargers team doctor when he was getting an injection for uh, a rib injury. How in the world does that happen? 
like what I, the first thing i thought was did i do it yeah right <laughs> yeah that's did what Herbert i would do give him the injection <laughs> yes. like who was responsible is this the your first go at it is this the intern like did you bring the intern in to say all right now we're going to um make sure we get tyrod his his uh pain medication i don't know how you allow this to happen to the starting quarterback of any NFL exactly. team at any time. I don't care what <laughs> level the starter is. I don't know how this gets slips through the cracks. And this is one of the oddest storylines because, one, Tyra, Tyra, Tyra Taylor is a good guy. Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod, Tyrod, Tyrod excuse Taylor. me. He's a good guy. So why is yes, this happening to, to Taylor? You know, why is this happening to him? And how does this happen at all? Uh, the repercussions are going to be really interesting. I mean, litigation has to be thought about. It's if, insane. If, if if the charges are not probably taking a step forward, you know, for PR reasons to try to alleviate that and say this is a, a complete blunder, everyone's been fired, that's responsible, we are very sorry and love uh, our quarterback and everyone, we treat everyone. Like, you're going to have to put out a, a that we don't do this often type of yeah. thing and uh, go from there. I feel bad for the guy and, 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 and you know, jeez. Yeah, it's crazy. And apologies to Tarod Taylor. Uh, you know, I think we we know how to pronounce his name, but uh, the the brain needs a second to remember that they pronounce it Tarod, not Tyrod. This is a weird one, man. Uh, you know, Anthony Lynn has come out and say said that uh, Taylor is still the team starting quarterback. He gives the team the best chance to win. I don't know how you make that argument after how Herbert played last week. Herbert will be the starter this week. What is what is the reason for Anthony Lynn's affinity for Terod Taylor? Because I, I know they go back to Buffalo together, but it's just anyone watching, it seems clear that Herbert is the guy who should be starting. Yeah, I mean, this was going to happen eventually this year, and the circumstances are odd and cloudy and ridiculous, mm. but you you drafted him to be the guy. The best chance to win thing is such a... a a convoluted stupid way of saying we weren't ready to make Justin the starter just yet because the quarterback we got is not bad Mm -hmm. um and and now it's you can't say that especially if if Herbert even slightly replicates uh what he did last week um it's the thing that guys are going to start believing in him and want to see more and want to get the mistakes out of the way to be honest so it's Herbert's team moving forward and and Lynn's going to have to 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 backtrack on those those comments a much easier matchup for Herbert this week against a, a kind of poor Carolina defense than he had last week against that KC team. Right, right, right. So whether they, they prep for him or not, the, th- the field will look completely different for, for Herbert. All right. The New York football Jets head to Indianapolis to take on the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Bavada has the Colts minus 11. This is, I won't spend too much time because this is one of those games by default. You know, the Colts yeah. win because the Colts want to win. Um, and they'll they'll make the 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 case to do so. And the Jets really look like a team that doesn't know why they arrive at any mm-hmm. given time. And it really sucks to watch and be a part of because it's odd. It's odd to see you know professionals do this. So again, sorry to Sam Darnold um, and anyone else in that locker room that 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 is giving it their all. But it does it looks like a recipe for disaster every week, every play. And uh, the Colts will take advantage. Until proven otherwise, when you're talking about the Jets play blank, who are you taking? You're taking whoever that blank is. Yeah, give me blank. Yes, exactly <laughs> right. The uh, Dallas Cowboys head to Seattle to take on the Seattle Seahawks, and Bavada has the Seahawks minus five. Yeah, give me Seattle to start. Dallas, again, better than what they looked like to start 
last week's de- uh, game, which would look like to be a complete debacle. Um, but they won't get away with still the things that they're doing uh, consistently, which is, you know, absolutely strange play calling and management mm-hmm. of the game. Uh, they won't be able to get away with that against Seattle. I think the 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 line is a little generous from from Bavada, and I, I I'm actually going to go Seahawks to to control and win by at least ten. Oh, uh, you think you know a little bit uh, about this next team we have coming <laughs> up? The Detroit Lions head to Arizona to take on the Arizona Cardinals, and Bavada has the Cardinals minus six. Yeah, at this point, the Lions have yet to see, at this point, through this point uh, in the season, the Lions have yet to see a quarterback like Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray mm-hmm. is becoming a quarterback that teams don't want to see. Um, mm-hmm. His style of play and, and the reason why he was the number one overall pick are shining through. Um, so not only are the Lions not prepared, but they play man coverage, which is perfect for a guy like this. Uh, and if they're going to play outside of their favorite game, then they're they're going to be a step slow. So give me the Cardinals here as they begin to rise uh, into that um, mid to top tier um, NFC mm-hmm. contender in the Lions falter and falter and falter. And I just would like to know, I'm curious to know what the Lions two or three plays will be that are like, okay, we this is ridiculous. This is not, mm-hmm. you know, get them out of here. I actually want to see how they do this in, in, in Lions fashion. Well, what's interesting is we talked about, you know, these trades for these superstar wide receivers ad nauseum all off season. Nuke goes to the Cardinals, Diggs goes to the Bills. Both of those teams' offenses look really, really good right now. It's almost like having superstar wide receivers is good. Oh yeah, it's it's the day where <laughs> like this this is those guys are not interchangeable. Interchangeable. A guy that's gonna make you instantly make your offense better and elevate it by being open, making contested catches, making your quarterback feel confident on any given snap. Snap. What do you know? It does wonders for you. So this game coming up here, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Denver Broncos. Uh, Bavada has the Broncos my, uh, plus six, excuse me, very, very specifically plus six. To me, all you have to say is this comes down to Tom Brady going up against Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, I mean, come on. Um, one of these days, the Buccaneer receiving core will catch up to speed on what Tom is trying to do. Mm-hmm. It's fair that Tom is older and some of his throws, I mean, He's giving you two or three short arms uh, a game on the deep stuff, but he's placing the ball exactly where he wants to on timing, and I don't think a lot of these receivers are ready. Hopefully this week um, you're seeing some more maturation, but now this is just a foregone conclusion. Uh, Driscoll will not be able to put up 10 points in this game, and the Buccaneers will, so give me Buccaneers here. And the uh, honestly, I would argue that the Broncos, especially if Drew Locke's going to be out for a little while, they just signed Blake Bortles, and he might be the guy that gives them the best chance to compete. Oh, my God. I didn't even think I'd hear that name this year. No, or ever again. He, <laughs> until he, he shows up as the golf coach at some college and gets arrested for being a drunk. I don't exactly. know that Blake Bortles is a drunk. I'm just drawing comparisons to Ryan Leaf. But uh, Ryan Leaf's turned his life around. Good for him. I'm, Good for Ryan. We should all, we should all be happy with uh, what Ryan's doing. The uh, Moving on from that as quickly as possible. The Green Bay <laughs> Packers head to New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Saints. Bavada has the Saints minus three. Mario, to me, this one feels like the lock of the week for an underdog. Absolutely. Let's even put our stamp on it. You know, crazy sounds, effects, whatever. Um, mainly because of what's happening under center. Uh, We're really seeing a change um, in what Drew Brees is able to do physically. Uh, And and Aaron Rodgers, what we thought was was, was signs of of heading in that direction, have all but halted. Um, The Packers look 
amazing on, yeah. on offensively. I mean, their run game. Let's talk about how, how efficient their run game looks. They look to be in a flow play calling-wise. So, you know, kudos there. Um, yeah. and the Saints are, look like they're just playing catch-up with themselves and not really sure what they want to do. So give me definitely give me the Packers here. Yeah, I know it's early, and uh, sometimes it takes those older guys a little while to loosen up. But uh, <laughs> Br- Breeze looks like he is suffering the worst of uh, the the older quarterbacks. Yeah, somebody get the tin man the oil in the in the hinges there because it's it's apparent. Yeah, sad to see the uh, yeah. a guy with no arm strength problems. <sighs> goes up against the reigning MVP of the National Football League. This one's pretty exciting. The Kansas City Chiefs head to Baltimore to take on the Baltimore Ravens on Monday night. Bavada has the Ravens minus three. Yeah, I think, first of all, I'm going Ravens here. Um, A couple of reasons. Chiefs, you want to concede this game. If you want to, first of all, just play the odds of seeing this team again, you've got to be really smart and really uh, think far out. Um, As far as the matchup goes, it's a really hard one for the Chiefs regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this Ravens team, again, is, is playing on a different level, a different wavelength of confidence, um, and they're going to want to show that this week. Um, Lamar, again, knows exactly wants to do what he wants to do with the ball as soon as he, he, uh, he, he gets the snap. And this Ravens defense is really starting to come into their own, especially um, with their pass defense um, and, and not letting a lot, if any, big plays happen. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they cap um, the the Chiefs uh, offense over the top. Um, they always find ways. Casey does, but I think I think they uh, they fall to the Ravens here to go two and one. Um, Man, this is this is such a fun Monday night game though. This this is exactly what Monday night games should be. They remind me of when I was a kid and I was just super excited for whatever the Monday night game was to hear Madden and Summerall calling it. It felt like an event. This feels like an event. This is it. This is it. And once these ratings hit and the excitement hits, then we'll get back. We have to get back to this, I think, Chris, because I can't wait to watch it. It's two of the elite. It's the individual superstar aspects, two of the elite teams. It's what you Mm -hmm. need and want out of a Monday night game when it's the only game playing and the lights are on. This is what we're going to get back to, and they're going to be the reason, another reason to give uh, Lamar Jackson the MVP for bringing back Monday night football. Well, and there you go. Back-to-back MVPs playing in this game up against each other at the quarterback position, but do you think it's going through Lamar's head that, hey, this is a pretty big game. Patrick just signed a pretty big contract. I'm going to be getting my contract this offseason. If I beat him, I should be able to ask for more than he got. Yeah, I'm not going to give you the cliche, his head's down, blah, blah, blah. I do think he's a different type of guy and is motivated by different things but I, I also think he's a guy that pays attention to everything he needs to pay attention to so he knows exactly who he's going up against this week he knows exactly the context of his contract he knows exactly where he stands in the comparison and he definitely knows where his bank account and contract sits and i think all those things will be at least thought about um by lamar jackson i don't know if it's complete motivation um but it's definitely something i think has crossed his mind and he would uh, have a chuckle or smile about it's got to be in your head when you think, oh, there's a half a billion dollars at stake here. Absolutely. And one person that maybe also remind him is his agent if he's not yeah. thinking about well, it. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Lamar, you might want to play good this week. Yeah. If, uh, <laughs> if you could do that, that'd be, that'd be great. Don't uh, no interceptions this week. Uh, 
Yeah, no, that's my God. This is gonna be so much fun. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Football's back. This feels like the first week where it's like, okay, football's back. Like this mm-hmm. is this is real now. Yeah, yeah, we the get pre- it now. the The BS preseason is over, so both of our teams are zero and uh, Nothing, <laughs> uh, no negative marks on that, and uh, we just move forward from here on out. The I'm excited. All right, that's been this week's episode of your. <laughs> <laughs> the next time I say the end of the sh- <laughs> anything at the end of the show, right? Anything at the end of the show, right? <laughs> okay, take two. That's been this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. For Mario Hines, I'm Chris Forwardell. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll see you next time.